Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to, he to <laughs> Faith School. I started to say Healing School. Uh, it is Healing School, too. And it's uh, Getting Your Needs Met School, and it's Learn How to Be Led by the Spirit School, because all of that is by faith. All of it connects by faith. Faith School's the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger. And we learn how, I learn how, to be an overcomer. That's what God's made us to be. And we don't need to give up and quit and resign ourselves to defeat and failure. We need to purpose not to give up and quit, but to overcome, persist, and overcome and see God's will done in our life. And His will is good. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you and the plans, good thoughts to give you an expected end. So uh, get your Bible, get something to make notes with, come on into the classroom with us, and let's release faith and hear from Him today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together, again, touching this, asking You for the anointing, asking You for grace and strength and help, words of life, words that reveal and, and guide and, and give us what we need for now. We ask, it, ask you for them. We thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look with me in Hebrews chapter 10 again, continuing our study that we're, we're calling By Faith. And in the 10th chapter of Hebrews and verse 35, he said, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. We might say it like this, don't stop believing God. Trusting God, it will pay off. You have need of patience or persistence that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Then he gives us the definition of faith, and then he gives us examples of living faith. Uh, Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah. And we got down to verse 32 in our study where he says, What shall I more say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets. And then he talks in verse 33 and 4 about all the amazing things that they experienced and saw happen in their life through faith in God. We've studied these other individuals except for the last one here, Samuel. And so let's continue finding out how Samuel had faith and why his faith was so great that it's recorded in this 11th chapter and held up to us for all generations as an example to follow. Going back to 1 Samuel, the first chapter, 1 Samuel 1, um, we, we saw that 
this records the very conception of Samuel and how special it was. It took a miracle for Samuel to be conceived. And we see um, what happened in the uh, first chapter in about the 10th and 11th verse there. Um, Hannah was praying and the high priest Eli saw her and she was, she was just moving her mouth but not making a sound. And uh, yet God heard her. So, I mean, this answers the question, does God hear silent prayers? <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> and so Eli misunderstood the situation and he told her, he said, you need to quit drinking. He, he thought she's drunk and she's in here, you know, just moving her mouth and acting goofy. And she said, she said, no, uh, she said, no. And, and she explained to him um, about how that uh, she had not been able to conceive. And so Eli said to her, and it's important to note, people in God-ordained offices will oftentimes say things beyond themselves by that grace and anointing that they don't even know what they're saying. And maybe they didn't even mean to say it. But because of the office they stand in, God will say something through them. They said it, but it's really God saying it. And so Eli just said to her, he said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you've asked of him. Uh, and I don't know, I think you'd have to add to the scriptures to say he heard the word of the Lord or anything spectacular happened. He just said, uh, go in peace and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you've asked of him. She took it as God talking to her. <laughs> she took it that God had said, I'm granting your petition. And we know she did because verse 18, she said, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. Now that's King James, but you can see she's going great. <laughs> so the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance her countenance was what? No more sad. Now, man, this is a whole sermon right here. No, everybody say, no more sad. No more sad. Why is this significant? Because for years, she's been in and out of depression, always crying, always grieving because of what she doesn't have. She doesn't have the ability to conceive. And she feels like her life is just empty and she's a failure and she's miserable. Her husband loves her. He tries to cheer her up. They, they got some things to enjoy, but nothing seems to help. Where And, we, and it's, not, it's like this for years. Years. When do we see a breakthrough? When do we see things change? It wasn't after she conceived. It was after she believed. Oh, come on, can you see this? It didn't say she found out, you know, they didn't have those uh, home tests and all that kind of thing. <laughs> didn't say she took a home test and go, whoa, you know, I'm pregnant and got happy. No, no. 
She just heard the man of God say, well, go in peace. The Lord grants you your petition that you've asked of him. And she took that like, well, that's God saying he's given me my request. And so she, she left and went back and instead of crying and moping around, she said, I'm hungry, give me something to eat. And she was no more sad. Somebody say, no more sad. Here's a really important question. Are you sad because it's bad? Or is it still bad because you're still sad? <laughs> Class, let me go over that again. <laughs> Now, am I making something up? Have you read the rest of this story? I mean, the next thing we see, just a verse or two after this, she conceives. A miracle. A miracle. Her heart's desire. She conceives, and a few months later, gives birth to a perfectly healthy, wonderful baby boy who becomes one of the most famous men of God <laughs> in the whole Bible. But that's after no more sad. Let me go over again real slow. There will be a test on this. <laughs> and it's not one I'll give you. It's a test of life. <laughs> Are you sad? Because it's bad. Or is it still bad? Because you're still sad. See, when you walk after the flesh and you walk by sight, you're always late. You're just always dealing with what's already happened. You're always just reacting to what already is. But spiritual people, we dealt with this in our, in our previous class. What does faith do? Calls those things that be not as though they were. Why would she be no more sad. Why, should, why would she feel relieved and excited? She's got no evidence of a pregnancy at this point. Why? See, even in her heart and mind, she's calling and acting like those things that are not are. Is that right? She's calling those things that are not as though they were. She's already acting like she can conceive. Here's, what is she, what's she celebrating? Why isn't she still crying and upset and sad? I'm going to come around one more time with this. <laughs> Are you sad? Because it's bad. That's the right answer. Are you sad because it's bad? Or is it still bad because you're still sad? And if you would quit being sad, would it quit being bad? <laughs> If you would, did it, did it happen with her? Did she stop being sad and did it stop being bad? It happened. That's exactly what happened. And so we see that uh, when she was no more sad, uh, her, her very body changed. Now this is, um, there's healing here too, isn't it? I mean, she had a physiological Alteration. She had changes happened in her flesh and blood and bone body 
when she stopped being depressed. Friends, you do not have to live in a, a drug-induced, semi-comatose state to fend off depression. A child of God has the peace of God, has the joy of the Holy Spirit. If we'll make the right choices of what to focus on and think on, listen to, and speak, and yield to, we won't need anything to help us not be depressed. Hmm? But it's a choice. Now, if you say, well, I, I hear all that, preacher, but I, I've tried to, and I just I can't help from think about it, you're believing a lie. That is not the truth. Your mind is your mind, and you can think of what you choose to. Now, if you've thought about the wrong thing for a long time, I know it's a trap. It's a ditch that you keep falling into, but you can. Uh, you, you can get the Word of God in your mouth and superimpose it on your thought process. Now, when you get quiet, the wrong thoughts will come back again, which is why you got to open your mouth again and start saying the right things and saying what God said. And if you do that enough, then it'll get to where those thoughts are gone for longer and they're gone for longer. And you get to the place where you'll go for an hour and not even think about it. Then you'll go for half a day, not even think about it. You can get to the place where you go for six months and not even think about it. And you're free. Can you say glory to God? But you got to make a, why, what happened with her after years of being depressed and crying and being defeated? How did she change? And did you notice it didn't take a hundred sessions or five prescriptions? Come on, did you see what happened? In a moment, she's no more sad. Why? It was a choice to believe. Instead of believing, I'm barren, it's helpless, it's hopeless, my life's empty, I don't have a purpose, I don't have a reason to believe. Instead of believing all that junk, she chose to believe, God cares about me. God's heard my prayer. God grants my request. Huh? I'm no more sad. Oh, somebody say, no more sad, no more sad, no more sad. We don't have to have any more sad days, down days, depressed days. Now, you'll hear Christians say, well, well, all of us have bad days. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> all of us have things you got to deal with. That's true. But you, you don't have to have a depressed day or week because of it. You, you and I are not in control of everything that happens around us. Certainly not everything that other people do. But we are in complete control of how we respond to it. I said we're in control. Whether people acknowledge it or not, it's completely our choice how we respond to it. Jesus said in John 14, uh, he said it in the first part of the chapter, he said it at the end of the chapter, he said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Say that out loud, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart 
be afraid. Did you hear that? Don't let. <laughs> Who told you that? See, a lot of folks would get mad if some preacher said, now don't do that. Don't let yourself be troubled and upset. They'd go, you don't know what I'm dealing with. I can't help it. No, we're talking about the head of the church. He said, don't do that. Don't let yourself yield to depression. Don't let yourself go in there and cry and feel sorry for yourself. Quit that. Quit that. There are times you need to get yourself by the ear. Is that right? Pull yourself out of bed. <laughs> huh? You know that we're going to comb our hair. We're going to get dressed. Uh, you, you see this in the Psalms. So, David would say by the Spirit of God, Soul, why are you cast down? <laughs> the Lord is your strength. Right? Soul, don't you be cast down. Uh, you know, the Bible said in, in, in one of the darkest points of their life, when David and his men's home uh, was burnt to the ground and all of their family stolen, uh, it said even David's men were talking about stoning him and killing him. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, there are times if you're waiting on somebody else to do it, <laughs> you're in trouble. Because ain't nobody coming. Ain't nobody interested in encouraging you. Because a lot of folks, they're not encouraging themselves. They're not going to encourage you. You don't have to wait for that. You don't have to. See, people feel sorry for themselves about that as well. Don't they go, well, I'm here, I'm in trouble. Nobody even check on me. Nobody, nobody even call on me. Well, would you quit being such a little whiny baby and grow up and get a hold of yourself? Everybody has issues in this world. Are you kidding? You're not the only one. Yeah, but nobody knows what I've been going through. The Bible said it is everybody has experienced the same kind of temptations and trials and tests throughout the world. First Corinthians talks about it. Other places talk about it. The same trials are being accomplished in your brethren throughout the world. Somebody say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Or what other people around you? I'm telling you, everybody has stuff to deal with. Any one of us could be hopeless and yield to depression today. Hmm? Sure. You know, I, you know, if people watched Phyllis and I, they might think we never have any problems at all. <laughs> I hope that's how they see it. Because that means I'm, I'm responding the right way. But oh man, we've had some stuff to deal with. <laughs> you know? And uh, just anybody, I, I could have, you know, last night, I could have said, I don't feel like going ministering in faith school. <laughs> I need somebody to build me up. Why don't somebody help me? I'm always trying to help somebody else. Why don't somebody help me? I need help. I just, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I, I like, uh, they tell us that Brother Smith Wigglesworth, a great oh, yeah. man of faith, uh, was asked a time or two, you know, and they, somebody asked him, how did he feel? And they said he'd bellow and say, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. Man, that's good advice. I said, that's good advice. You, you don't need to ask your flesh how it feels. You, you don't want to know. <laughs> you do not want to know that. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. And the choice to look at the right thing, talk the right thing, a choice to be positive, a choice to believe is a choice to 
overcome. It's a choice of victory. It's a choice to get answers. If you give up, if you despair, if you yield to depression, if you fall in a heap on the bed and cry and feel sorry for yourself, you know how that's going to turn out. Hmm? You can cry till there are no more tears. And when you're done, it will not be any better. It will be worse. You know where this is going. If you want it to change, you got to be spiritual. Right? You got you to, like I said, get yourself by the ear. Get yourself out of that bed. If you have to, find you, find you something. Prop up the corners of your mouth. <laughs> Somebody ask you, how you doing? You're going, I got to victory. <laughs> Greater is he. Right, this in me. I, I got to, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God. I have the joy of the Holy Spirit. And the moment you start saying that, things start getting better. When did her world turn around? When did the sun come out <laughs> and the clouds go away? When did the death and depression leave her? When? Huh? She made a choice to believe and was no more sad. No more sad. No more sad. Somebody say no more sad. No more sad days. No more down days. No more depressed. People say, yeah, but you don't understand. I am or they're clinically depressed. What does that mean? Depression is depression. Fear is fear. Yeah, but there's something wrong with the brain. God heals the brain. Yeah, but there are chemical imbalances. God created chemicals. Come on, are y'all with me? See, you can make a thousand and ten thousand and one excuses as to why it won't work for you. And the only thing is true is it won't work for you because you don't believe it'll work for you. But if you would dare to believe, all things are possible. Oh, come on, help me out. Is it, am, am I quoting Jesus? Am I quoting the head of the church? All things are possible to him that believes. Is that true? Then that is true that a person who's been in a mental institution for 40 years and couldn't even put a sentence together, is it possible they could have a sound mind and have joy and lead a normal life? It's possible if somebody would dare to believe it. But if you want to make excuses and go, no, this is too hard. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. This is too far gone. Nothing's too far gone. Nothing's too difficult for the Creator of the heavens and the earth. He made the body. So your brain needs a little tweak. <laughs> Could the power of God give your brain a little tweak? Huh? <laughs> Could the touch of the Holy Spirit just correct your chemical imbalance? Huh? Even if there's serious brain damage, if there are parts of the brain that's dead, do we know the God of resurrection? Yes. Do we know the God whose spirit can touch it and it become alive again? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Maybe it was gray and white, uh, dead flesh, but now the blood flows in. Now the nerves come alive. Now the vessels begin to flow again. 
I want us to release faith. We got some faith in here right now. You believe that? And for the folks that are joining us right now, I want you to put your, if you have had any kind of problems along this line, uh, mental, depression, issues, migraines, any of this kind of stuff, put your hands on your head, everybody. Say it out loud in Jesus' name. Every knee must bow to the head of the church. The name of Jesus. I come against all darkness, confusion, depression, heaviness, death on the mind, on the brain. I say go in Jesus' name. Leave me completely. Leave me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, if anything's been damaged, we're going to receive healing for that. Say it out loud. Lord, I ask you for your holy healing anointing. Let it come on to me and into me now. Into my head. Into my brain. Anything that's wrong, be corrected. Anything out of balance. Be made in balance and normal and right. Anything damaged, be, be restored. Become healthy. Be made complete. Sound in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put your hands on your, on your chest. Hallelujah. Say soul. The Lord restores you. The Good Shepherd restores my soul. Peace, peace be to you. And joy, joy in the Holy Spirit. Be loosed and be made free. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you for a moment. Lord, we thank you. 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 Now, the Bible tells us that the peace of God will keep or guard our hearts and our minds. So you only want to yield to the peace, not fear and anxiety. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's, people have studied these things and said, little children, they, they, they tell how many times per hour and day they laugh. It's a lot. It's a big number. And by the time people reach adulthood, that number is a tiny fraction of what it used to be. People get where they go days and weeks and not laugh. That's bad. You need to make it a point to laugh on purpose. Hmm? The Bible said in Job, at destruction and at famine, thou shalt laugh. The devil's trying to cause you a problem, laugh at him. It'll really bother him. He wants you to take him seriously. <laughs> Did you laugh just then? <laughs> Say it out loud, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm glad in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's it for today. 
Be sure and come back and join us for some more tomorrow in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 